Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. My name is Ja, ladies and gentlemen. What's going on, folks? Hope you're having a great week so far. We hope you guys have had an amazing first few weeks of fantasy football. This is the best time of year. This is where we get to talk shit on a Tuesday afternoon just because it's the cool thing to do. Um, and we hope you guys are, you know, getting ready, getting prepared, and uh, hopefully you guys are either 2 and one or 3 and 0 to go. Yo, so I have a lot of variety in my leagues as far as my records. How are you doing? Let me ask you this. Okay. Uh, okay. Can you tell me what your most important league is? Uh, honestly, dude, I feel like that is not – I feel like this is a very hard-hitting question because I feel like at this part of the season, the most important league should probably be the league that you're probably doing the best in. Thanks. Um, Coming into the year, though, uh, starting the year out, I'd probably have to say our dynasty – or not our dynasty, but our redraft league was the most on the top of my – High top. High tops, high tops. In that league, I'm four and two. So, you know, like. Let's go. Playing with the median. Facing Virgil this week, though, and he's six and oh, and I feel like I might just. Or, I'm sorry, I'm I'm facing Schwilty this weekend. Schwilty Pop. Hope you're listening. <laughs> yeah, he, he has a pretty good roster. I won't lie. I mean, two is looking super good and everything like that. So, we'll see how it pops off. Uh, but, you know, I'm doing pretty well, though. I'm also three and oh in one league. I'm 0 oh and three in another league. I actually just had to do a couple ices uh, because of that league earlier uh, before we started this episode. So it was really cool. You know, I'm in one of those leagues now. Hey, uh, you know what? Fuck it. Can you tell us, I guess, what the what the rule is in that league in which you got iced? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it feels like this year it became a little bit more popular. But basically, like, with a, if you have, like, anyone on your team, like, scores an absolute, like, uh, donut. You have to do an ice. If your team goes negative, you have to do two ices. Unfortunately, this weekend in that league, I had uh, played the Jaguars defense, which, you know, against the Texans, you thought they would have at least got you a little bit, but end up with a big old negative four spot. Yup. So, yeah. I like that rule. I like the fact that you do that, you know, in that league, uh, in our respective league. And I actually think that in all leagues, you guys should have some kind of a weekly rule just to kind of keep it fun absolutely um, it does it does and so in the league that me and dugo are both in we have another chug and rule uh you know fun fact it's all full of wisconsinites hey. but yeah basically if you get the lowest score that week you have to chug and you have to send a video to like the entire fantasy football league we have a snapchat group and uh it's fun it's cool i like it but uh getting back to fantasy football i want to go ahead and talk about today some of the best performances we saw from last week shout out to miami shout out to mike mcdaniels um, we saw guys like Devin A. Chain, who is now in his third week within the NFL and already has a 55-point fantasy game under his belt. That's pretty crazy. And just a couple of weeks ago. About a week ago. 
<laughs> See, and I'm actually happy because my Dynasty team sucks. So I had to play Devin A. Chain, even though I did not know what was happening or what was going to happen with him. And, you know, him and Raheem Mostert, I think, combined for close to 90 fantasy points if you have both of them in any respective league. Yeah. Both, and if you even started both. But, yeah, I think it was. it ended up being just about 90. I mean, depending on if you're full PPR, half PPR, what have you. But, yeah, dude, unreal stats from that game. And, I mean, let's not discount what Tyreek Hill did on that first drive. I mean. Tyreek is amazing, bro. It's crazy. Tua. I mean, he was 16 for 16 at one point. I mean, it's just, it's crazy, dude. Like, that team's just loaded. They know what they're doing. I'm excited. I wish I had more stock on that team, dude. I really do. Yeah. And the Miami Dolphins are probably the best and the hottest team to have fantasy players from. If you have any, then you were probably chilling this week. Outside of Jalen Waddle, who we hope is back next week. Yeah. But, yeah, Tyreek Hill is the wide receiver one in all of fantasy. Last week, he caught 9 of 11 for 157 yards plus a touchdown. Um, combining all that for about 28 fantasy points if you play in half PPR. Decent. So moving forward, okay, we trust the running backs to some extent. They're probably really nice flex plays for us. Uh, we know Jalen Waddle's Jalen Waddle, and when he gets back, he'll probably go in there and be like a, I don't know, like a wide receiver two, wide receiver three for you. Right. Maybe even a one some weeks. Uh, and we know Tyreek is Tyreek. Do you think that this all pieces to together to, I don't know, maybe Tua ending up as the quarterback one on the year? Bro, it's definitely looking like it. I mean, like, as long as he stays healthy, as long as everything just keeps rolling, I don't see why that wouldn't happen. I mean, when you just look at all the weapons, I mean, the guy's actually staying upright for once. It seems like it doesn't seem like there's a bunch of pressure. Seems like they're keeping the defense absolutely just on their toes so they aren't able to pin their ears back and just rush Tua. Yeah. Um. It, yeah, dude, like, it's a great compliment. It's It's amazing. Even if you're watching the Pat McAfee show today, I mean, Rogers talked about it for a little bit. They're just playing terrific complimentary football right now. And, I mean, like I said, if you have stock of this team at all, congratulations. You probably have a couple people who could take you to the championship. I'm sorry if you have any New York Jets, speaking of Aaron Rodgers. That team is ass, and I want nothing to do with it, even if it's Gary Wilson. Last week, Dugo, you talked to us about how – you know what I'm saying? Like, Gary Wilson might fall within, like, the George Pickens realm. Right. Or George Pickens might be in the Gary Wilson realm, whichever way you want to look at it. Right. But coming into this year, like, bro, you're praying for him every single week, and it's nerve-wracking, and it's not fun. No, it's not. I mean, coming into the year, if you had Garrett Wilson, if you went and drafted him because he had the, you know, elite arm of Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback, you expected him to have a top-10 season pretty much without a doubt. And now you're probably looking at him being around, like, the wide receiver 20 mark, I would assume, just because of, I mean, bro, like, I thought Zach Wilson would be a little bit more ready, but he really has not really gotten much better over the year. It it really doesn't look like he has prepared much, and it sucks, dude. Like, I had a lot of faith in this cat to be able to do at least a little bit, and, yeah, dude, he's he's leaving your guy out in the dust. He's leaving all the guys just kind of like holding their heads dude so what happens is they end up just stacking the box because you can just play one-on-one coverage with zach wilson because he won't throw like an accurate pass most of the time right right so the defenses are just stacking the box which sucks if you have a breeze hall if you have a dalvin cook if you get some carries from michael carter like they are flooding that box and basically they're pressuring zach garrett wilson was the fucking team leader in catches and yards 
and he ended last week with five catches and 48 yards. He was the team leader. He did the best. He made the best of the situation with Zach Wilson. Going into, like, the third quarter or some shit, I think they had negative one yards. They played the Patriots, but, bro, this is Zach Wilson's third year playing the Patriots. Like, come on, now. Right, exactly. You got to learn some schemes. You got to be able to recognize some things. Like, I'm sorry. I mean, obviously, Bill Belichick is the master of disguise when it comes to his defenses, but Mm -hmm. there's just some things like you got to be able to pick up keys and stuff. Like, it's just, it's crazy to see this still happening, dude. I don't know. To me, it's bonkers. But before we keep going on a negative route, dude, there is some, there is one guy that just absolutely popped off. And honestly, if you look at his numbers throughout the rest of the year or through, uh, week one to now, it's a guy that I was talking about at the beginning of the year coming into the draft that not a lot of people had a lot of faith in, and that's Adam Thielen. Oh, Adam Thielen put up a 31 bomb this week, and right now, if you're in half PPR leagues, he's currently wide receiver nine. This is the part where you get your shit off. I mean, bro, like, that's all I really got to say about that, but dog, like, I'm just saying, man, like, right now, he's in a position to where, I mean, even... Let's say worst case scenario happens for you guys that have that are holding Bryce Young or Bryce, Bryce Young, Young, Bryce Young, and he sits out maybe another week. Mm-hmm. Seems like him and Adam Dal- or Andy, Andy Dalton, Dalton have an uh, amazing connection right now. And even before that, I mean, even with Bryce Young, mm-hmm. it looked like they were even starting to uh to start a really a connection in that week two game. So yeah. I'm really excited for Adam Thielen. I've had this guy on my fucking bench the whole time. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, my Mike Williams injury, regardless, I think Adam Thiel would still be in my starting roster probably going forward just because of the numbers he's been putting up. Week four and Adam Thielen is wide receiver nine and Devin A. Chain is or Devin A. A. Chan. Devin A. Devin A. Chan is wide receiver running I'm going to call him Chan. I, it's hard to switch now, bro. And A. A. Chain just sounds, I don't know. It's nice. Yeah, I like it. It's is cool. But, yo, check it out. Andy Dalton's going to be the quarterback down in Carolina, and Adam Thielen kind of plays that exposition. And so I think it's really funny that as soon as as Andy Dalton steps into the position as the starting quarterback, Adam Thielen starts to eat. And I would maybe even attribute that to Andy Dalton being a veteran. I mean, he's 35. He's been in the league for probably about 14 years. Just that natural trust. Like, you're like, oh, that guy's been in the league for 11 years. He's going to be there to be able to catch it and make a play. Andy Dalton completed 34 of 58 passing attempts for 361 yards, two touchdowns, and zero interceptions. He's 6'2", so he's probably got a a good uh, three, four inches of height on Bryce Young, and he's able to see down the field, in my opinion, probably a little bit easier. He's probably able to see over his lineman a little bit easier, and I just think that he, right now, maybe has a better deep ball uh, than a Bryce Young, who, as we've seen over the first couple of games, is, is kind of a, it's kind of a dink and dunker. This came, I mean, in that week two game against the Saints where Bryce Young was playing, yep. I mean, Adam did still put up 20 points, so I mean, it's not like this is just a one-time affair. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, I, I understand what you mean. It was looking a little bit more, uh, like you said, dink and dunkish, but I just feel like with Bryce, once he just gets comfortable, he's going to be able to, you know, survey the field. I feel like what Andy Dalton did and hopefully he's able to, you know, pick some of that up and translate it because what Andy Dalton was able to do, like you said, like he had a really good stat line for not being the starter for the first couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he's just able to incorporate some of that and get the guys the fucking dub because obviously that's what's most important in the NFL. But nonetheless, yeah. I mean, 
I think even when you look at Frank, uh, Frank, Frank Reich's offense, mm-hmm. and you kind of look at what they did in, in Indianapolis in terms of how they structured their passing game, Michael Pittman used to eat as the X receiver. Y'all. Uh, right now, the X receiver is Adam Thielen. I know the concepts are maybe a tad bit different than what he did in Indianapolis, but they ain't that far off. I think the main guy in this offense is going to continue to eat, and that's another reason why Jonathan Mingo was somebody you should have kept an eye on. An eye out on. Yeah. Uh, but regardless, Thielen's somebody cool. Um, right now he's wide receiver nine, which is crazy to me. I, don't, I mean, I I was expecting him to good do good this season. Don't get me wrong, but. Wide receiver nine, yeah, that's kind of blowing my expectations out of the water. Super excited about that. Glad I was able to pick him up in the leagues I was able to. Yo, let's talk about the boys in Tennessee. Dog, these guys are fucking ass. Right now, in one of my leagues, I have D-Hop. And, like, two or three other leagues, I have my boy D-Henny, who I'm actually wearing a shirt of today. D-Henny, baby. Gotta get that good juju. Love you, D-Henny. Let's get it this week, buddy. Yeah, but, dog, like, what What are your thoughts on this whole thing? Like, at this point, like, I, I think they're one and two. You know, like, it's at that point to where, like, Ryan Tannehill hasn't been doing the greatest. He's not looking the worst, but he hasn't been doing the greatest. I mean, like, do you think about just throwing Will Levison at some point and, you know, just praying to God that he's able to provide a spark? Or do you just think that it's just, you know, the first couple of weeks in the season and this team will, you know, take flight after a bit? I think that their biggest weakness is their offensive line. Yeah, they just keep losing their vets. Their offensive line was rated as one of the worst coming into the year, and it turns out they were one of the worst lines in the NFL. And so we even see that Derrick Henry is struggling, right? Like, he can't get a push up front. He's getting tackled in the backfield. Two points this week. Ryan Tannehill is getting rushed. He has, what is it, three interceptions with one touchdown on the season? Right. So he's basically getting pressured all the time. Traylon Burks is still a receiver who was supposed to take a jump. And while, you know, his game is cool for like the intermediate game. And if you want to do some funky motions and runs out the backfield, Mm -hmm. they can't even get that creative because they're in a hole by the end of the first quarter. And, you know, I'm saying, okay, now you're like panicking already. Yeah, they just don't have time. Yeah, you're not wrong. Like this offense right now just isn't very explosive. And. You're not wrong. I think their biggest hole right now is definitely their offensive line. And with that, like, you just, you're not able to move the football. So, I mean, no. right now, like, if you have the opportunity, are you are you already trying to trade these cats? Or, like, are you just hoping that God, like, they're low value right now, but maybe they'll pop off later in the season? So, I was big on DeAndre Hopkins coming into the year. Yeah. And he ain't doing too well. He's wide receiver 50 in all of fantasy football. Yeah. Uh, right now, I mean, I think you'd probably be forced to hold unless you're willing to sell for pennies on the dollar. So I'm talking you might have drafted this dude in the fifth, sixth, seventh round of your fantasy leagues. And you might be talking about trading him for Tyler Boyd at this point. Right. And at that point, I mean, I might consider Tyler. I don't like it's tough. It's actually a tough question and it shouldn't be. I, I feel like I still stand Hopkins with that just because of the upside. I mean. Yeah, sure. Like Tyler Boyd, I mean, he's been eye this year, but like he hasn't been doing well. That Bengals offense hasn't been doing well up until just this Monday. Yeah. So it's not like I really want to get a lot of stock in the Bengals right now either. I mean, like I drafted Jamar Chase in one of my leagues, and mm-hmm. I, until last night, it's been one of the biggest downfalls. And yeah. it's the league where I believe I'm 0 3. Yeah. Like, no, Jamar Chase finally had a good game last night, though. Yeah, still fucking lost, bro. It's some bullshit. I fucking hate that league. Yo, um, do you have Joe Burrow in that league? Nah, dude. I have 
Uh, I believe in that league I have Jalen Hurts. Oh, your boy Hurts. Yeah. Want to know the name of my team in that league? Uh, I suck so bad it hurts. No, it hurts to chase the Dobbs because I have Romeo Dobbs on that team too. Oh, creative! I thought you were gonna say you had Josh Dobbs. No, dude, it's a lot of Dobbs in the league. Um, but yo, check me out. Yeah. Uh, Marquise Brown was somebody I talked about last week, and he kind of went off last week. Yeah, dude. Honestly, I, I mean, we kind of said that we thought it was gonna happen against the Cowboys. Just at some point in the game, I just assumed that they're gonna pull the starters and keep Marquise Brown out there just to get the snaps and maybe he walks into a tutty and mm-hmm. the fucking Cardinals won dude how the fuck did the Cardinals win how did I put James Conner on my bench in a couple weeks like I just don't understand how the fuck this all happened yo they kind of icy right now man it's crazy they stay dude. competitive like they're good up front on both sides well dude like just the week before they had what like a 20 point lead or something against the Giants and then just didn't score in the second half. So, like, I was just like, okay, this team's not consistent. I'm not going to, like, it's whatever. Like, it was cool. The Giants aren't a great team. They're going to go against the Cowboys. Cowboys are going to blow them up. And, boy, did that fucking not exactly work the thought out the way I thought it was going to work. No, if you put money on that game, you definitely lost. Yeah, you fucking definitely did. Unless you're a Cardinals fan and you're just like, oh, I think they're going to stay within the 17 or whatever. You know, and the Cardinals, like, I mean, you could argue they could be 2-1. and one. That week one game against Washington, uh, where they kind of lost in the last drive of the game, I mean, they played that pretty tightly. And even New York came down to the end of the fourth quarter. So this team isn't getting blown out. They're not like the Broncos, who just got 50-pieced. Um, they points total. That's crazy. And, like, that's the one thing about Sean Payton, too, is, like, everywhere he's gone, for the most part, they have a pretty cool offense that's efficient, and they get the ball downfield, but their defense is usually not the greatest. I, I, I beg to differ on that. I mean, when you look at his defenses, he's had some really key players. I mean, he had Tracy Morgan all those years. He had Darren Sharper, Roman Harper. I mean, bro, like, those Saints defenses stayed stacked. I feel like their defenses, like, up until they pretty got... Sure, was Demico a couple of those teams? I'm not sure exactly. There's some D'Amico on that team. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing. Like, I think he did a really good job with defense once they got uh, Dennis Allen and they started making those runs in, like, 2018, 2019, 2020. Okay. But, like, I mean, prior to that, they would always have a good Drew Brees-led offense with, like, Marquise Colston and Jimmy Graham and all those guys. But the defense would always kind of be, like, maybe not the strongest point. And right now his defense in the first three weeks has been getting – they've been getting the ass kicked. It has. Yeah, that defense hasn't looked good at all. And honestly, I'm a little shocked by that just because when you heard all the words and all this shit he was talking at the beginning of the year, it was one of those things where it was like, okay, these guys are going to be coming in. They're going to be disciplined. They're going to be ready to go. Mm-hmm. And they quit. Yeah, bro. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I think, I think last week they played against the commanders, and I believe that was a pretty close game. But at the end of the day, dude, like, it just. Bro, like, this team kind of sucks still. Yep. It just sucks. Like, I mean, like, there's a... Let's get this straight, guys. Let's get this straight before we keep shitting on these guys. You can still find good fantasy points on shitty teams. You can. For, for example, I mean, Cortland Sutton went 17 or so points this week, even with his two fumbles. Yep. Cortland Sutton's been showing out a little bit fucking this year. Two, wide receiver. Get your fucking hands right, you piece of shit. All right. I don't know about all that, but... God, dude. I just don't get it. I think if you drafted Cortland Sutton, you probably realize that your flex spot was suddenly dank. Oh my God. 
I'm in a couple of my leagues, don't get me wrong, but it's just one of those things, dude. Like, yo, stop on the goddamn. Yo, Marvin Mims might be somebody to keep an eye out on uh, as the season kind of goes on. Yeah, said he had. I dropped him. I just, the team didn't look good. I think he had, like, one target or something. And, I mean, like, all week, Sean Payne had been talking, like, oh, like, Marvin Mims is going to be, you know, like, a big part of our team. I think Jerry Judy was out. So, it was like, oh, like, guy going to be a superstar. He gets, like, one catch or some shit. So, yeah, I dropped him in one of my leagues, and now I look like an idiot. Marvin Mims, for the record, is the wide receiver 24 in fantasy through three three weeks. And in week two versus the Washington Commanders, he scored 21 points in half PPR leagues. And he did it again, even in the blowout against Miami. He caught three of five targets for 73 yards, and he even had a special teams touchdown. Unreal, dude. This guy's pretty – he's special. Yeah, he's going to be, I think he's going to be a surprise, and he's a Sean Payton guy. Hold up. So let me ask you this. So, so let's say you're walking into waivers this week. Walking. Uh, let's say you're in my position, right? You just had a okay. big wide receiver injury. You're looking at someone who can, you know, hopefully carry the rest of the season. Let's say that you want to go with a dark horse. Are you going with Rashid, uh, Rashid Shahid, or are you going with Marvin Mims? Marvin Mims, if he's available. Oh, I'd say Marvin Mims because I think Russell Wilson has a better deep ball. And so I think he's a better deep ball than Jameis or uh, Derek Carr. I'd say Derek Carr has a better deep ball than him at this point. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like Marvin Mims is going to get a lot more opportunity than Rashid Shahid might see. Point. Yeah, I mean, like, it's just one of those things, though. Like, just because Rashid Shaheed was able to get a uh, special teams touch on this weekend as well. Yeah, he did. So it's just one of those things to where, like, if you're just trying to go upside, and I mean, the Saints are probably going to be down a little bit now that they don't have Derek Carr. So they might be just throwing the ball through the air a lot. We've seen what happens with the Broncos already. I don't think that the tides are really going to be turning too much with that. So. Yeah, you know, status quo is going to be probably about the same. But do you think that you can just keep relying on those same points? Is all I'm asking, I guess. Yeah, I okay. mean, Marvin got 15 and a 50 piece. Right, right, yeah. Like I mean, it don't get no worse than that. No, and I mean, especially if you are able just to catch a defense sleeping on a deep ball, and you have someone who runs a four three like Marvin does. I mean, it's not hard to go get you know a 70 yard touchdown and 13 points just on that play here's the status of the broncos right now y'all in terms of pass catchers and then we'll we'll, you know we'll move on uh jerry judy is getting ready to go into a contract year and has issues staying healthy Cortland Sutton is capable and he's been seeing a good amount of volume over the year but i think the issue is shit like what we saw last weekend in which he had two fumbles as a wide receiver that's just not a good look and you also got 50 piece so that's going to go on film um and like it like does he identify as like an elite x for sean payton who has had guys like michael thomas before so when i look at marvin mims he's a sean payton draftee sean payton drafted him with a role in mind and if they're gonna go down they're gonna go ahead and go down uh getting his guys snaps so that way when they reboot next year with whoever the quarterback is that receiver can go in and you know what i'm saying help out that quarterback as they adjust to the system right so this is going to be the year in which Marvin Mims is going to get cranked up. He's going to be a little pause. bit more. Yeah, pause. Uh, but he's going to be a little bit more accelerated in his schedule compared to maybe like a Rasheed, a Rasheed Rice in Kansas City. So I like Marvin Mims because he's shown out and he's going to continue to get work because they need to see what this dude can do so they can be better next year because this year looks like shit. Well, I mean, even if you are still able to get. So 
if you are able to get your hands on a Rashid Rice, not a Rashid Shahid that we were talking about beforehand, I still think that Rashid Rice could definitely get, you know, a boost in his production going forward. I mean, this past week, I think he had eight points or something like that. And, I mean, you have Travis Kelsey back into the mix. And if you ask me, you don't have any really good, reliable receivers. I mean, tell me that I'm wrong. I mean, even MVS when he was on the Packers, I mean, yeah, he could run a really good deep route, but it was 50-50 on those hands. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like if you are able to get someone like a Rasheed Rice, bro, like Rasheed Rice is dank in my opinion. Like I would trade not a lot for that guy right now, but I would trade a little bit because I just feel like wide receiver one in Kansas. He's going to be at some point in the season, man. He's going to be, I could definitely see this guy getting a couple 20 burgers, 30 burgers. about. he's going to have some good games when it comes to playoff time. It will, it will happen. I mean, it looks like he's already getting accustomed to it. He's going to just, I feel like Patty's going to keep it, keep being able to find him in those pressure situations. I don't know, man. Like, he's just one of those guys. He has a 6-1 frame, so he's not a Kadarius Tony who's 5'10", just over 150 pounds damn near. Like, this, it's going to be a larger body receiver out there. So, yeah. I mean, it's going to be easier target, I feel like, in my opinion. So What I'll also say, too, is that when you, like, when you think about Rasheed Rice, you kind of already know that Travis Kelsey is the 1A in that offense. Like, ain't nobody surpassing Travis Kelsey in targets or receptions or any of that shit. But what you're hoping for is the number two role if you're looking for a wide receiver one on the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. And even last week in week three, Rasheed Rice was second on the team behind Travis Kelsey in terms of receptions, in terms of yards. And the dude actually had a reception touchdown that got overruled. So he should have had a bigger day than he had, but he still ended the day with, you know what I'm saying, five catches for 59 yards on seven targets. Like, he's in week three as a rookie, and this is the workload that he's starting to kind of get accustomed to. I don't know where Kadarius Tony is. I mean, I don't I don't know if you have any thoughts on Kadarius Tony at all. No, nah, dude. I mean, I thought coming to this year that I, I thought he was a little bit of a uh, liability. I mean, just years prior, the guy doesn't seem like he's healthy until he wants to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, so, like, I pretty much just slept on him. Oh. I, I don't think that it's going to happen this year with Kadarius Tony as far as trying to be fancy relevant. I could, again, like I reiterated this offseason, he'll probably be able to come back in the playoffs, whether that be fantasy playoffs or, you know, the NFL playoffs and probably, you know, score like four or five touchdowns during the playoffs. But yeah, to think that it's going to happen during the regular season, I doubt it's going to happen, folks. It's just, I don't know, he's too inconsistent and I'm not trying to. Yep, exactly. And so Kadarius Tony is technically listed ahead of Rasheed Rice in the death chart, but that's something to watch because if Tony starts to fade, then Rasheed should start to start to shine. Uh, but that's what I got on the Kansas City Chiefs. As we already know, Patrick Mahomes is a dog, and if you got him, you keep him. You don't trade him unless you're getting a ransom. Uh, but moving out of Kansas City, uh, I want to kind of talk about the Chargers because you did bring up earlier how Mike Williams did suffer a season-ending ACL injury. Yeah, full ACL tear, I guess. For dynasty purposes, if you have this cat, looks like he is going to be ready by training camp from the reports so far. So that is some good news, but obviously it's still devastating for this year. I mean, this guy was on a tear. He was a top 20 wide receiver. He just had another 20 bomb. I believe it was back-to-back weeks. The guy is just 
Oh my god, dude, I'm so pissed off. This guy was gonna be. I he, I felt like this guy was gonna be my dark horse to take me to the playoffs and then so on. I mm-hmm. mean, obviously this happens year after year, and you kind of have to regroup, get those players in the waivers. You know, obviously lean on the guys that are on the rest of your team. But you know, if if I'm talking about Mike Williams, get these guys on waivers right now. Gerald Everett, Joshua Palmer, Donald Donald or uh, Donald Parham, Donald Parham, Quentin Johnston. Johnston. Dude, Quentin Johnston's basically going to be the new Mike Williams in this offense. He's this team wants to do something. He's going to have to pick up some slack. And I mean, I know that we're saying like, oh, like he has all the he has all the time in the world to just be eased into this offense. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but that time clock just got shifted a little bit, pal. It did. And I guess one of the big things that was going on with Quentin Johnston in the offseason was his drops. The dude just had butterfingers for whatever reason. And so now you're replacing Mike Williams, who's a downfield target. Like Mike Williams averages anywhere north of, I don't know, 13, 14 yards per catch. So he's getting, you know, shots down the field. And can Quentin Johnston handle shots down the field in one-on-one coverage? Like, is he going to have the comfortability to catch those passes in big situations on third downs? Because um, I feel like in one-on-one coverage as a DB or a receiver, that that's like a spotlight. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like, if in you, the moment. If you, I think so. But I mean, like, sixth frame, bro. Like, you got to trust him against those DBs. I mean, obviously, it hasn't looked like he's been high-pointing the ball at training camp and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. he's not going to learn unless he's out there making those mistakes on the field. I almost want to say I like Josh Palmer more than I like Quentin Johnston. I'm too, man. Don't get me wrong, especially someone who's been on the field actually producing in the NFL season so far this year. Yep. Yes, definitely probably Josh Palmer, but I just have this, I have this feeling that at some point, just like we've seen – uh, Jordan Addison, uh, just like we've kind of seen a little bit of flashes from JSN. I just feel like at some point we're going to have to see some Quentin Johnston flashes. And I don't want to be on the receiving end of that, man. I would rather have that guy on my roster. True. True. That's a fair point. And I think it's, it's, it's easy to stash either of those guys. If I had to make a priority list as to guys you want to go and get, you know, on the Chargers after the Eckler mm-hmm. and the Mike Williams injuries, then for me personally, I'm probably doing Josh Palmer one. Right. I'm doing, I think Gerald Everett and Quentin Johnston are going to, I guess I'd go QJ for the upside. Uh, Everett three, Darnold Parham maybe four, if he still continues to get red zone work. Yeah. Sense. Are you trusting Joshua Kelly anymore? No, no, I'm done. Yeah, I can fluke. I'm done, dude. Which sucks, dude, because like even before the injury, like the guy was like, Running back ten, damn near, and then somehow, just somehow, the guy is just falling off a cliff. Dude, I think they're just gonna go ahead and sub out the run game with like short passes. Have to, like, dog. Keenan Allen had fucking forty-two points last week, which was crazy. Yeah, so with a passing touchdown. True, with the passing touchdown, but take away six points, he still scored thirty-six fucking. I know, points. crazy. That's, that's insane. Uh, so you know, just a bunch of guys to look at. Uh, but moving forward, we got to talk about the Packers. Two and one, baby. Let's go. Go, Bro. go, go. Dude, I know. These Packers are crazy. Man, my expectations out of the water so far. I mean, I thought that Jay Love was going to come in, you know, maybe make it, you know, noteworthy. Maybe be one and two by this point in the season. Nah, dude. They went into Lambeau this past week. He had his debut in Lambeau. 
and he absolutely showed what he was about in that fourth quarter. He's a good quarterback, man. He's looking like it, man. And yeah, I'll have to eat it. I'll have to eat all of it, but I'm glad that at the end of the day, he's the quarterback for my team, and I can eat that he's a good quarterback than, you know, going all in, like, the on Bears a, or something. On a bad quarterback. And uh, not necessarily having that same luxury. So, yeah, man. I mean, especially if I have to pay 20 bucks at the end of the season, if the Packers do make the playoffs, I'm good with that. Again, something I can eat. Hey, whatever. So, I mean, Jordan loves QB4 in fantasy, too, by the way. I know, dude. I started him, yeah, because in those respective leagues, I have uh, – Lamar Jackson in one, and then I have uh, Justin Herbert in the other. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, dude, this guy might have to be in that conversation to get a couple starts at some point this year. This guy is sicko. We'll have to see what happens when Aaron Jones gets back on the field. Don't think that it's going to end. Like, I feel like at the beginning of the year when we're talking about, you know, getting this offense started and everything, I felt like getting Aaron Jones incorporated into the passing game was one of those things so i almost think that it might elevate him even more i think having aaron jones would make him a better real life quarterback but for fantasy i don't think he gets as many pass attempts because they're probably running the ball more if they have both jones and dylan on the field so like i like love over the last couple of weeks because he's been a dog i mean against atlanta dude had three touchdowns no picks um 23 rushing yards shit against the saints he had a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown at one point so i mean he consistently gets in the end zone he tip he's the he's the point guard of this offense but this offense is surprisingly good and i don't know something to look forward to man as a packer fan and as a fantasy football shareholder if you got any jordan love stock look for as these targets like who on this team do you think you could take for you know fantasy targets i think Romeo Dobbs. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think Romeo should be in that conversation. I'm also kind of standing Luke Musgrave a little bit. Right now, if you're not tracking him, I believe he's tight on 13 or so in mm. most fantasy leagues, which I did not expect this early in his career. Yep. He's a really good fucking tight end. He gets downfield. Uh, Sam Laporta had the big breakout this week, too. But... Oh, he had, bro. He's tight on two. It's crazy. Yeah, man. I like Musgrave a lot. Laporta, I'm even starting to get on the train for um and i think the packers and the lions playing on thursday is actually going to be a big game mm-hmm. if you have any packer any lion i would actually advocate that you start them this week uh so if you got some Jaden reed definitely start him uh if you got some romeo Dobbs, if you got a Ra, if you got you know jameer gibbs put your boys in because i think that these guys are you know it's going to be a it's going to be a long fight yeah, coming off a short week like that i think it's just going to be one of those things to where you know, they're going to be throwing pretty much everything that you've seen before at you again. And so when you're looking at it, end of the day, the Lions ran the ball down the Packers' throats pretty much in years past. And so if you do have someone like a Jameer Gibbs, I mean, shoot, who who's even their running back two right now? I think it's Zonovan Knight. Zonovan's the two. I would probably say that he might be in for a increased role. I mean, bro, like... It's going to be a fun game. I think there's going to be a lot more points scored than people think. And I don't know. Like, definitely if you have one of those two uh, tight ends, though, if if you have the option to start them, I probably would. Otherwise, I, I might throw them in a, at least a flex position because I just feel like so far, at least I know Musgrave hasn't gotten a uh, touchdown yet. 
Mm-hmm. He's due for one definitely this week, man. I, I'm going to keep calling it until it happens, but I think Musgrave gets his first touchdown this week. And Sam Laporta, I mean, obviously looks like other than Amara, it's probably their second target on that team. Yep. So, yeah, I'd probably stand Sam Laporta going forward as well, folks. Oh, yeah. Hopefully Jair can lock up Amara this week. I could see that happening, but I mean, if you have, you know, Sam Laporta, uh, you could be looking for a breakout game again. Yeah, he went eight for eleven last week, um, for I think like eighty, eighty yards or something like that. But we got a lot of fun matchups this week. I want to go ahead and actually talk about one of my sleepers coming up for week four. Hell yeah! Uh, so I want to go ahead and discuss a guy that I think you guys could, you know, get some get some production out of. And this guy's a wide receiver. Wide receiver. This guy's a wide receiver. Guy's a wide receiver. And I'm going to be honest with you, he has been kind of, I don't know, kind of mediocre, bro. I ain't going to hold you. No, I, I, I don't know, but there's a lot of wide receivers this year that have been mediocre. I mean, bro, even T. Higgins has been just dropping the ball for me lately, bro. The guy's had like 24 targets this season. I think he's only caught like four or five balls. Like, mm-hmm. it's just ridiculous. But who you got for me? I'm going to go with my guy. I don't even know if he's a sleeper, but he is Tyler Lockett. Tyler okay. Lockett against the Giants on Monday Night Football. Yeah. Well, they're like medium. They're like in the middle of the league in terms of against the pass defense. But, I mean, I think Lockett is going to catch one downfield against that defense. I can see it. I don't think they have great corners. I can see it. Um, so, I like Tyler Lockett this week. If you guys need a running back, maybe, you know, you had an injury or something like that. I would actually advocate for a Kenneth Gainwell start next week versus the Commanders. So I do know that DeAndre Swift has been kind of going off these last couple of weeks. And, you know, they always said they're going to ride the high hand, and I'd expect him to get touches. But I think that this Washington Commanders defensive line is on par or better than what they played in Tampa and what they played in Minnesota. And so if DeAndre Swift gets a couple stops, you know, in the first half, maybe they go ahead and give Kenneth Gainwell some extra touches throughout the game. Kenneth Gainwell is going to get touches regardless. But I think that this is this is a game that because of the strength of the defense and because he is the RB2 right now, um, it could work in his favor because it could be a tough defront and they could have to use both backs to kind of throw these guys off balance. So um, I think Kenneth Gainwell could see a few more touches than uh, than everyone's predicting. Yeah, I um running backs as well that I think people could probably look at starting this week if they're you know, just pinched on one or, you know, maybe just have been looking over these people the last couple of weeks. Uh, one guy in particular, though, Jalen Warren for the Steelers. This guy is currently running back 27. He's currently ranked higher than Najee Harris. And I don't think that that's going to be going anywhere anywhere soon. It just seems like he's the more productive back, especially if the Steelers are going to be down like they typically have been, unfortunately. Uh, just looks like they're going to have that guy back there because he can just do a little bit more. He's not just a downhill back. So if you're in any sort of PPR league, be looking out for Jalen Warren to start. I mean, he's going to be going against, uh, Texans defense this next week. Not a great defense, obviously great defensive head coach with D'Amico Ryans, but I could definitely see Jalen Warren going out there and balling out. Another guy I could see balling out as well is Zach Charbonnet against the Giants as well. So another uh, Seahawk guy. Really? Uh, yeah, man. I just He's been getting a little bit more work lately. Uh, this past week, he made one really big hit that really impressed me. And so, I don't know, man. It's just some of those things that I feel like Pete Carroll's probably seen as well. Probably wants to reward him for those. Uh, I just feel like he's been getting a couple more touches lately. 
I feel like one's going to definitely end in the end zone for him. Oh, yeah. I like that. Cool. I mean, Charbonnet, uh, are, are you worried about the usage for Kenneth Walker at all with that? Well, not necessarily, man. I mean, at this point, I feel like this is the part of the season where you got to kind of start analyzing which teams utilize dual backs more often than not. Take advantage of it. Yeah, and which ones you can pretty much just try to see where the vultures are going to be coming from. Right now, I'm seeing like a, like Kenneth or Kenneth Gainwell and um, DeAndre Swift. I feel like at some point, Kenneth Gainwell could probably be the vulture back for that duo. Okay. Uh, when you're looking at the Seahawks, you have uh, you brought Kenneth Walker. I think Zach Charbonnet at some point is going to be the vulture just because at some point, Kenneth Gainwell is going to be beaten up a little. Or Kenneth Walker. Damn, dude, those names are still. It's two Kens, I got you. Yes, Kenneth Walker, I think, is going to be beaten up a little bit. I mean, I think he's going to be healthy, don't get me wrong. But just going through the red zone all those times, I think Zach Charbonnet showing out a little bit is going to help him out a little bit long-term-wise. See if he gets in the end zone. And, yeah, man, I just, it's the same thing like I just brought up with Jalen Warren, bro. Like, it's just one of those things, man. I don't know. I just, I just have a big gut feeling about that. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else out there that I can kind of tell you guys about. But, yeah, man, it's it's going to be a crazy week. I just feel like, like I said, but try to find those vultures now because they're going to start identifying themselves. I mean, maybe it looks like A.J. Dillon might not be that guy, so you can possibly go out and drop him for someone who's actually a little bit more useful. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. that time of the season to where I feel like people identify themselves to where yeah they're going to be useful in fantasy or they might not be. So I agree with that because I typically give players a three-week timeline. So, like, in three weeks, you should be able to show me a sample of something that I can look forward to. Yeah. Maybe I'll do four if I'm really stuck on you, if I drafted you early and I want to give you an extra week to prove yourself. But if I'm not seeing any return in the first month, like what, like this is a bad investment. Same way I'm feeling right now. Like you have to cut your losses. So um, thank you for tuning in to another episode of fantasy football with gumbo. My name is Ja. Hey, it's Duke over here. Appreciate y'all tapping those head tops. Good luck this week. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace.